glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. All right, let's stand if you would uh, as we read these 11 verses together. Jude verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil... He disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. And verse 11 begins with this statement, Woe unto them. That's a strong statement. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Thank you. you. May be seated. So now we've we've looked at these first ten verses. We get into verse eleven, and Jude, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is going to compare these men to some Old Testament characters. If you're going to be compared to some Old Testament characters, these are three villains you don't want to be compared to. Cain, the first murderer, but a very religious murderer. And if we think of Cain as just a back alley thug, that would be incorrect. He was a very, uh, very uh, hardworking man. He was a very, very proud man. And so he is the first religious persecutor in history. Then we come to Balaam. I have heard it stated by some, and if some hear this said, they could disagree. They would say that they believe Balaam was a righteous man. I do not. He's here listed in a group of men who are lost and apostates. And I believe the reason they'll say that, and I say this just to kind of clarify some things, is you go back and read of him in the book of Numbers, and he says, I cannot say but what the Lord has put in my mouth. He sounds like a faithful Baptist preacher. I've got to preach what God tells me to preach. But know this, he would have cursed God's people if God hadn't stopped him. He wanted to desperately and succeeded in doing it by tricking them into immorality. And so Balaam, again, a very clever a uh, tricky man. We'll, we'll look at him, God willing, next week. And then finally, Kor in the Old Testament called or referred to as Korah. All of these men were highly religious men. Korah was a Levite, a man who desired uh, a preeminence, if you would, among God's people. All three of these men, very religious men, very religiously active men, 
very zealous men, if you would, but very lost men. So we start with what he calls the way of Cain. When we read that, the way means a pattern or methodology, uh, a manner, if you would. Cain sets a pattern for false religion that's still followed today by every, and I mentioned this on Sunday, but by every false religion in the world, eh, they, in essence, follow Cain's pattern. Uh, he set a pattern. So these men follow the way of Cain. That has to do with their pattern and their practice. They follow the error of Balaam. This has to do with their motive or their purpose. Uh, Balaam was motivated by love of money. And then thirdly, they have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Korah rose up and railed against Moses, the true man of God, that God had set over his people. Korah used his, um, his rebellion and his voice and his influence among the people of God to stage an uprising against Moses, uh, the, the equivalent, I believe, of Korah. Uh, I shouldn't say the equivalent. I think you can find a similar person, the person of Diotrephes in Third John, who loved always to have the preeminence and threw people out, whether he's the exact same, but there's a, some characteristics there that are similar anyway. So tonight our focus being on Cain, let's go back to Genesis chapter 4 and throw the magnifying glass on Cain and what is his way. If these have gone in the way of Cain, we need to have a good understanding of the way of Cain. I'll be honest with you, I, I have studied, preached out of this text, but in putting some, some effort into studying Cain over the last uh, number of, I guess the last couple of weeks, really, I come out with a greater disdain for this man than I've ever had before. When you hear how he responds to God, and what's sad, as I've studied Cain, I've had people that I've met come to mind and think, ooh, I don't know if they are 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 where they cannot to a point where they've so turned away from the Lord that they'll perish, but they have at least followed his pattern, and it's a dangerous one. It's deadly. And so we'll see five things that I believe identify the way of Cain as we go through Genesis 4. If you're there, I'm going to go ahead and start reading in verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall his desire shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. 
And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Let's go ahead and begin breaking this down, this way of Cain. The way of Cain is first and foremost a way that is rooted in disbelief. Disbelief. How did Abel, we covered this Sunday morning, so I'm very glad these two messages have gone together as they have this week. How did Abel know to offer the Lord a blood sacrifice, a substitutionary sacrifice? Well, we don't know all the means by which God communicated him. I would assume his parents relayed the story of leaves versus coats of skins. You and I have that story. We would assume that got communicated to the boys that when we tried to cover ourselves with leaves, God didn't even pay attention to that. Instead, he killed animals and clothed us with their skins. Here's what I do know. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By default, if Abel offered by faith, Cain did not. Cain did not believe and did not accept God's way of approaching God. So the idea would be that Cain began his approach to God not trusting God's way, not trusting what God had told him. Undoubtedly, Cain and Abel knew the same things. That's why God held him accountable. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted, and if not... Sin lieth at the door. You've sinned by disregarding my word. May I say this? All apostasy begins the same way. Unbelief. You know why there are so many doctrines in our world today surrounding the Bible? Not because the Bible is ambiguous. Not because it's so difficult. I understand there's difficult parts for us to understand. Here's what happens. For every time a person rejects Scripture, you have to replace what the Bible teaches with something else. When you reject what God says, you have to address the subject with a variant of what he said. What happens is unbelief is the, is the taproot of every heresy and apostasy and known to man. It's rejection of God's word that, that comes up with men coming up with their own ideas and they may interject God's word to try to prove their point. But Cain was an unbeliever. He did not trust what God said in contrast to Abel. We find that disbelief, there had to have been rejection of God's word. Again, Romans ten seventeen. so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Cain and Abel approached God differently because one approached by faith, trusting God, and one approached not trusting God. That's what it boils down to. Uh, today, apostasy is birthed out of rejection of the Bible. Again, how, how, can you fathom how in the world can you have a man who claims to be a Christian teaching a theological class on the Bible, denying that Jesus was born of a virgin. For you and I, that's unfathomable. But that is not uncommon. For men who claim to be believers in God, believers in Jesus Christ, claim to be Christians, being in theological universities. I read that in the 1950s, Wake Forest University uh, was at that time uh, uh, involved. It was attached to the, the Southern Baptist Convention, and they had a theological or divinity school, and there were professors there at that time, 1950s, teaching that Jesus was not literally born of a virgin. Now, how does that happen? Unbelievers. They don't believe God. God made it clear he was to be born of a virgin. He was born of a virgin, but here are these who claim that he was not. Why would they claim that? Because they don't believe God. These same men would deny the, the literal account of the swallowing of Jonah. Let's just track that back a little bit. There are men today, so I'm a Bible believer, but we believe that the Bible is speaking allegorically 
when it tells the story of Jonah and the whale, when then they'll say, well, it was a great fish and not a whale, and God's confused because he doesn't know what mammals are. What a bunch of nonsense. God made him. He can call him whatever he wants. Amen? Amen. So here's what they'll say. He wasn't literally swallowed by a whale. It was allegorical. By the way, I was listening to some information today about when allegorical interpretation of the Bible was birthed. It goes all the way back to about 200 with a man named Origen. And he began to have an allegorical interpretation of the Bible. Augustine, who is supposedly a hero of the faith and is not, by the way, let me warn you, he is not a hero of the faith, believed in an allegorical interpretation of the Bible, did not believe in literal creation. How many knew that? Good old St. Augustine. (laughs) Not likely. (laughs) My point is this. This different approach to the Bible is called unbelief. Now, let's, let's, let's just let's go with Jonah for a minute. If you reject the literal account of Jonah being swallowed by a whale and say that was allegorical only, let's attach that to our faith that Jesus is the Son of God. Is there any correlation? Well, there is. If Jonah wasn't swallowed by a whale, Jesus was confused because he taught that he was literally swallowed by a whale and was there for three days and three nights and then spit out. Jesus approached the Bible, the Old Testament Scriptures, with a literal interpretation. He taught literally that in the beginning God made male and female. That's how he created them. Jesus believes and taught and does teach us still today in a literal creation. But there are those that come along and say, well, we are of higher theological thinking and we just can't accept that. The the taproot of apostasy, the way of Cain is, I don't approach God by faith. I don't trust what he says. I won't come to him on his terms. I'll come to him on mine. That's, may I say this, all religion is either rooted in faith or unbelief. You either believe what God has said through creation or you reject it. You either believe what God has told you in your conscience or you reject it. You either believe what God says on the pages of Scripture or you reject it. There is no in-between. We either believe it or we reject it. And Cain did not believe it. Uh, He believed that his way, his own imagination of how to approach God, his own creativity was better than God's revelation. Uh, Does that sound familiar? There are those who have put a lot more stock in a book that is truly written by men than the one they claim is. (laughs) It amazes me, the men that rail on the Bible. Well, isn't that book written by men? But yet if you ask them what they believe, they would have to tap their belief system back to this book they read and this philosopher they read and this uh, theologian they read, and this and this and this. Everybody's going to believe something that somebody else wrote. You can either believe what God authored or what man did without God. Where Cain was an unbeliever, so the way of Cain is a way of disbelief. It rejects the Word of God, rejects Scripture as the authority, it rejects then the will of God. God's will was that he be approached by a substitutionary sacrifice. You say, did Cain know that? He had to have. If nothing else, he knew it by watching Abel. Can we not say that? If God had never talked to Cain before, and we must assume that he had, Cain did know, well, God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he rejected mine. He knew how to approach God. And he said, I won't. I won't come God's way. I will not acknowledge that I am bad enough to have to have death to atone for my sinfulness. No, my good works, my hard work is acceptable to me and should be to God. And so there's rejection of God's word, rejection of God's will, and therefore there's rejection of God's way of worship. God's way of worship is completely rejected by the apostate 
And not every unbeliever is an apostate, but every apostate is an unbeliever. Know that. Not every unbeliever is an apostate, but every apostate is an unbeliever. Every apostate at some point in time knows what God has said and knows that God's the one that said it, and they say, I don't accept it. Amen? That's where apostasy is rooted in disbelief, unbelief of God's word, rejection of his will, rejection of his way of worship, and replacement with God's way with their own. That's all that false religion is. It is man's solution to the sin problem by rejection of God's solution. We must know, how many of you are aware, at least at some level, that Muhammad had been exposed to biblical Christianity in his life? But he rejected it. And instead, he developed what we know today as Islam. Uh, And there's uh, a a lot of background behind that. But we're aware, history would make us aware, he knew the name of Jesus Christ. He had heard who Jesus was. The reason that they have the view that Jesus is not the Son of God, because somebody said he was. God said he was. I had a man tell me one day, I knocked on his door. He said, I don't believe that that Bible is inspired of God. I said, whatever made you think it was? He said, what do you mean? I said, why would you use that terminology? You don't believe it's given by inspiration of God. Where did you get the idea it was inspired? Well, well, that's whatever. I said, it came out of there. What you're saying is that God lied. Because you got the idea it is inspired because God said it is. And you're saying that God is wrong. So... Apostasy is rooted in disbelief. Number two, apostasy, uh, uh, Cain, the way of Cain. The way of Cain is one of disbelief. The way of Cain is, is a way of defiance. Disbelief births into defiance. Let's look at Genesis 4, verse 5. It says in verse 4, but, And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very... Wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. We'll stop reading for there for now. We see Cain's defiance, first of all, in his disposition. The Bible says, When God did not accept what Cain offered him, Cain was wrath. You know what that is? That's pride. That's pride. I cannot believe God would not agree with me. I approached God with my very best and I cannot believe that God would be displeased with me. Cain's wrath was not first and foremost at Abel. His wrath was first and foremost at God. We meet people all the time who are offended by the gospel. I cannot believe that God would be upset with me. I'm probably the best person I know in my neighborhood. I mean, I care for my neighbors. I try, you know, I'm aware of the Ten Commandments. And yeah, well, we all sin, but do you know how many good things I do? I'm impressed with me. Why wouldn't God be? I don't get it. That's the way of Cain. Is it not? It's a way of defiance. I can't believe that God would not meet me on my terms. And that's, that's where we find in Cain. He, we see defiance in his disposition. He's wroth with God. We also see defiance in his disregard. Notice this. And I think I mentioned this on Sunday. It says, but unto Cain and his offering had not respect. So then the Bible says, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? That's two questions. 
And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So God asked Cain two questions. Why art thou wroth? Three questions, excuse me. Why is thy countenance fallen? And if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? What was Cain's answer to the first question? Why art thou wroth? Mm, he didn't answer it. Why is thy countenance fallen? Mm, he didn't answer it. And thirdly, he said, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And what was Cain's answer? One of the greatest ways to express disregard and disdain for a person is to absolutely ignore them. You ever try dealing with a child that is just bristling with anger because you've rebuked them? And you say, now what did you do? And they go, at that time, I have to exercise self-restraint because I'm going to go, answer me! (laughs) Then we get an idea how God must feel. Cain completely ignored God. The Bible says he had no problem talking. Cain didn't have a speech impediment. He went and talked with Abel, but he would not talk to God. Isn't that amazing? There are men today who have great disagreement with this book, and they won't debate with God about it because they already know what he said, but they love to debate with people about it. Oh, they love to get them a keyboard. They love to get a a social media account. They love to set up blogs and they love to set up websites promoting and talking to their brethren about why they're right. You ever wonder, and the Bible doesn't tell us, so we will not go any further than just wonder what Cain talked to Abel about. If you know a scorner, you have to think it went something like this. Hey, Abel, I noticed God uh, seemed to like your sacrifice. What makes you better than me? I mean, you think you're better than me? Well, no, Cain, I don't think I'm better than you. In fact, I know I'm not better than you. That's why I had to approach God the way I did. Oh, you think your way's better than mine? No, I, I didn't think that. Uh-huh. You know what God told me? He told me I'm a sinner for the way I approached him. I don't like it. You, I mean, I have to be like you to be accepted by God? Is that it? I mean, you come up, who do you go talk to? Abel. You know men talk to today when they got a problem with God? They don't talk to God. They talk to the people that are right with God. And they get angry at the person that God has accepted, the person who has assurance that his sins are forgiven because God has assured him through faith in his word. That's who gets talked to. That's the one that gets... The the scorner like Cain won't talk to God. He already knows where God stands on the issue. But, oh, he'll go and bend the ear of his brother. I wonder if he went and did something like this. Well, you know, you know what God did with me? I can't believe this. He wouldn't accept my sacrifice. I can just imagine the conversation that might have taken place, Cain perhaps going to Abel and railing on God. It's very possible. You know, what kind of a, what kind of a God is it that wants bloody animals and burnt sacrifices? I mean, did you see what I offer? What kind of a God do you serve, Abel? I don't know if it's what he said, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just trying to say this. Cain was defiant in his response to God. He ignored God and went and talked to the one that God had fellowship with. Envious at the fellowship. I find in Cain the same attitude you can find in Joseph's brethren. Now, thank God many of them were converted later. But I find an envy toward Joseph because of the relationship they had that Joseph had with his dad. He had a good relationship because he did what was right. They had a horrid relationship because they were bad. <laughs> And there's this envy in Cain you can see that's geared toward Abel, but Abel wasn't the problem. You and I both know that. So his defiance is seen in his disposition. He was wroth. His countenance fell. But it's seen in his disregard. He ignored God. 
wouldn't speak to God, but had no problem speaking to Abel. And in speaking to his brother, uh, after refusing to speak to God, is nothing more than a scornful demonstration of self-will. And how ironic is that? Second Peter 2.10, in speaking of apostates, says they are self-willed. Meaning, I'll do it my way. God said, come this way. No, I'll do it my way. God wants to talk to me. No, I'll talk to him when I'm ready. Eh? That's, that was his attitude. You can see that demonstrated. The way of Cain is one of disbelief. It's one of defiance. Let me just point this out. Proverbs 10, if you would, very quickly, we'll look at three texts in Proverbs about the danger of scorning instruction. It's throughout the book of Proverbs. We're going to look just at three examples Proverbs 10, 17, I bring this up because God reproved Cain. He rebuked him and reproved him. Cain, if you're right, won't you be accepted? So apparently you're the one that's wrong. I mean, that's what you get from what God says to him. If, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if not, sin lieth at the door. Meaning, if I didn't accept you, then obviously you're provably in sin. I, God, am the judge. I didn't accept you. The error lies with you, Cain. There's a, a blessing for you if you'll approach me my way. And Cain scorned the reproof of God. Scorned it. I don't want anybody telling me that my way of doing things isn't good enough. I don't want anybody come knocking on my door telling me that I'm going to go to hell when I die. I'm happy with the way I'm living my life. Maybe so. But obviously somebody's not. Proverbs 10, 17 says this. He's in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof, Aerith. That's exactly what Cain did. He refused reproof. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 18. Proverbs 13, verse 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. And then finally, Proverbs 15, verse 32. Proverbs 15, verse 32. We're talking about the, the way of Cain is a way of defiance. It It rejected the reproof, not of Abel, not the reproof of Adam and Eve, the very reproof of God. Proverbs 15, verse 32, He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. At this moment in Cain's life, he is his own worst enemy because God is speaking to him and he's refusing it. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. And so the way of Cain is first and foremost a way of disbelief. Number two, it's a way of defiance. Number three, it's a way of destruction. Notice how Cain's wrath went from here in the heart to here in his countenance to here in his hand. What was in his heart toward God came out on Abel. May I say this? Disbelief of God's word disdain and defiance of God's authority will ultimately result in destruction of other human beings. Every time. Now, I understand we're talking about the way of apostasy. There are some principles here that can be applied to people who aren't apostates, but this is what apostates are. They're unbelieving people who are committed to rebellion against God, and their rebellion is expressed in their religion. Their religion is not an expression of faith. Their religion is an expression of unbelief. That's what it is. And so then we find uh, here in verse 8, Genesis chapter 4, the destruction, uh, the way of Cain is a way of destruction. And Cain talked to the Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Uh, here, what happens is, as you very well know, 
Cain gets his cue here from the devil. When the devil wanted to get back at God, who did he take it out on? If you don't take it out on God, he can destroy you. So you attack a weaker one. You attack not God, you attack that which God loves. You attack what is... Let me ask you, which would hurt you worse? If I attacked you personally or if I went and killed one of your children? You tell me which one hurts worse. You and I both know that. Get after one of my children. You'll hurt me more by hurting them than you will hurting me. And Cain follows the pattern of Satan. He attacked the one who is in fellowship with God. That's what Satan did in the garden with Eve. Eve's in good fellowship with God. The old serpent comes along and attacks her, not because he cared about her, not because his hatred was ultimately at her, but toward God. And so then that's how Satan works still today. And it's how, by the way, apostates work. They, they, they focus their assault on God's people. They focus their assault on God's people. And so then verse 8, uh, we find the prelude to his destruction was he talked with Abel, his brother. If you study, and we'll just use this false religion as an example, if you study Roman Catholicism, you'll find such things as Inquisition. You know what that is? It's Cain talking to Abel. What were you doing? Why did you do that? And you know what Inquisition led to? It led to slaughter. And I think that's a very clear picture of the way of Cain. May I say this? It's always the Cains who persecute the Abels. The flesh always persecutes the spiritual. Uh, and, and here it is, Cain persecuting him. One of the marks of false religion is it will persecute those who don't agree with them. True Bible-believing Christians have never persecuted anyone. Some would say, well, what about no Bible-believing Christian persecutes other people for not believing what we preach? We'll, we'll entreat you, we'll pray for you, we'll weep over you, we'll plead with you, but we won't persecute you. That's counterproductive. We don't want you dead. We want you alive. Amen? You, the people say, well, what about, what about the Crusades? As I said, Christianity doesn't persecute. That was not Christianity. That was Cain persecuting and fighting another Cain, if you would. But it was not an Abel persecuting a Cain. I can guarantee you that. Cain, the way of Cain is when you're when your relationship with God is an indictment on my lack of it, I'll persecute you. And by the way, we find even the apostates influencing those who are not. I, I'm going to tell you something. I got real problems. Super, like it's a, it is a grave concern of mine when someone claims to be a Christian and their recourse towards someone who is a reproof on their life is to assault and attack them. Something's wrong with that. That's more like Cain than it is like Abel. And so the, the way of Cain is a way of destruction. The prelude to that was he talked with him in the field. That was the place. Why you reckon out in the field? The Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field. What is, what's with this? It's out where nobody can see. It's secret. The way of Cain is a way, if you would, in its destructiveness, it's, it's a way of darkness. Cain wouldn't do this out in the open. Adam and Eve would never let it happen. So he had to be where nobody could see him. And he wasn't worried about God seeing him. He didn't trust God. And he's not even thinking about God. He's not thinking about his accountability to God. He has shirked the authority of God. Why should it matter? Does he even believe God's eyes are in every place? Doubtful. And so he gets Abel out in the field where it's just the two of them. And he can conceal his evil deed. And that's where he kills him. 
Well, I'll say this again. Any religion that has to operate by lies is false. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. One of the reasons we reject joining the Masonic Lodge is it's a cult. You have to take secrets and and hide what you really are. If that's the most noble in our community, why do you have to hide what you're doing? If Look, it doesn't bother me tonight. We have windows here open where folks know what we do at church. I don't mind them seeing what we have going on. Put windows everywhere. I don't care. Put megaphones out there. That doesn't bother me. Great. But when you're in the way of Cain, you've got to be secretive. Because your heart is evil. You hate your brother because you hate God. False religion, apostate religion is built on unbelief and hatred, not on faith and love. Amen? And so then it's destructive. We see the prelude to that. He talked with him, the place, in a field privately where he couldn't be caught. And then the pattern, as I already mentioned, he followed the devil's pattern in attacking the one in fellowship with God because it was an indictment on him. And so it's a way of disbelief. It's a way of defiance. It's a way of destruction. The way of Cain, as we've already said, is a way of darkness or deceit. Verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said unto Cain, Cain's finally going to answer God. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Man, can you not? How many of us have done this? I mean, it's not, I'm not, I don't want our young people to feel like they're being picked on. How many of us as a, as a child have done something, we knew exactly what we did, and our parents said, did you do this? Oh, no. Straight up lie. <laughs> Why would we do that? To get out of trouble. I don't care that I did wrong. I just don't want the consequence for the wrong, so I'll lie to you to get out of it. Every person in this room has done it. But Cain makes it a way of religion. It is how he converses with God. I don't speak to you when you ask me things I don't like. And when you ask me something where I have to answer, I'll lie. How many of you have ever seen this? I remember, um, it doesn't matter. I'll not use another illustration. You've seen people, though, that when confronted with truth will straight up lie to avoid the conclusion that truth would bring them to. Something like, have you ever told a lie? You know, not that I can remember. At that point, I go, we are in trouble here. (laughs) If you can't remember ever telling a lie, either you have a serious disease of memory loss or you just told another one, right? And we all know that's true. Cain, when confronted with his sin, instead of getting open, he tells a falsehood. He directly and openly lies in the face of God and says, I know not then that's not all. Look at his frustration, all right? If you want to, just for your outline's sake, we're talking about his deceit. He tells a falsehood. God says, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. And then he, it's not enough. It's not enough to lie. He says, am I my brother's keeper? Am I supposed to be babysitting my brother? What an arrogant way to talk to God. And I hear in that an accusation against God. Who was Abel's keeper? That would be God, wouldn't it? Am I supposed to take care of him? It's almost like, well, you weren't doing your job. Am I my brother's keeper? Do you hear the attitude toward authority? Do you remember what Jude said about apostates? They despise dominion. I'm going to tell you something. There's a huge element in our society that hates any and all authority. They hate the Bible, and especially this particular Bible, because it is authoritative. It's not God saying this might be true. It's the one who knows everything that's true speaking directly. And there's a hatred. 
I hate God. I hate the Bible. I hate parental authority. I hate civil authority. Hatred for authority. Despise dominions, uh, dominion. That's what you see in Cain here. In his deceit and in his frustration, he says, Am I my brother's keeper? Who made me his keeper? It's not my job to stay up with Abel. He is arrogantly responding to God because he's a deceiver. And then the futility of it, you can't hide from God. The Bible says, and he said, verse 10, God speaking to Cain, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth. We'll get into these verses in just a moment. The futility is, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Most people don't believe that's true. Most people, only those who fear God believe you can't prosper covering sin. Everybody else sins and covers it. That's what Cain did. The way of Cain, and we're talking about religion here, a religious system, a religious pattern, is not that we turn from sin. We do sin and pretend that we haven't. That's the way of Cain. We live wickedly, and our relation with God is merely a covering for the wicked people we really are. Is that not what you find in Phariseeism? What did Jesus say they were? You're whited sepulchers. The Pharisees offered their beautiful fruits and vegetables, if you would, the works of their hands. They offered uh, their meticulous religion, their their well-structured prayers and their well-structured fasting life and their well-structured religious system. And underneath it, they were murderers and adulterers and fornicators and thieves. And Jesus Christ, God in Christ, came to them and with eyes looked right through them and said, What have you done? It was Jesus that said the blood from, from Abel to the, the Zacharias who was slain between the altar and the temple would be required of the generation that slew him. Because every persecutor leading up to Jesus was nothing more than a type of the ultimate slaying that would take place of him. The ultimate persecution was when Christ was put on the cross and he said the blood of all those martyrs is going to be laid at this generation's hand because you've killed the Son of God. And what I'm trying to say tonight is this. False religion operates this way. It's a fraud from the word go. It never seeks to turn away from one's sin to find forgiveness in God. It seeks to sin and defy God and act like I've never done it in the first place. It seeks to say, I never needed a Savior. Isn't that what Cain did? I don't need a substitute. I'm good without it. And when God confronted him, instead of him saying, I cannot believe what I've done, he says, am I my brother's keeper? But he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. False religion cannot succeed. Fraudulent covering of sin, us trying to conceal what we really are by pretending that we're not, never works. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. It's not that Abel wasn't a sinner. He confessed and forsook. He came to God acknowledging, I am deserving of death, but I trust in your way of substitution. And he offered God by faith what God required. Not Cain. Cain said, I'm going I'm to continue to hold the line. I'm good without a substitute. I'm good without a blood sacrifice. And so disbelief the way of Cain. Defiance is the way of Cain. Destruction is the way of Cain. Deceit is the way of Cain. And ultimately, verses 11 through 16, damnation, and I mean that in the biblical sense, is the way of Cain. It ends in condemnation. Look at verse 11. God says, And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond 
shalt thou be in the earth. Meaning Cain would never fit anywhere. Because of what he had done, God made him a stranger to roam the earth. Even the earth wouldn't welcome him. He was, he was no longer welcome. He said, you're an outcast. This is his, that's his condemnation. And Cain said unto the Lord, I repent. I was wrong. My punishment is greater than I can bear. You know Cain is all of a sudden? A victim. This is what jumped off the page of my Bible today. It's God that's still the bad guy. You've given me punishment greater than I can bear. Verse 14, Behold, thou hast, who's he accusing? Thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. God, you're harsh. You're vindictive. What kind of a God would make me a vagabond? You've driven me out from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Oh, we wouldn't want anybody getting slain, would we? He is concerned about him being slain. I don't care that my brother's dead. He had it coming. But me? God, somebody will kill. If they find out the kind of person I really am, they'll execute me. That's what he's saying. But who's the bad guy? God. I'll tell you, something goes up. My hackles raise when dealing with very wicked men who say, well, I don't understand why God's allowed this bad thing in my life. Well, how much bad have you caused in others' lives? Isn't that amazing how it works? The way of Cain is a way, if you want to add another word, of denial. From the word go to the word stop. It's a denial that I deserve the judgment of God. I want to tell you something. The opposite of that is called repentance. And it's something that that, that I'm concerned gets bypassed in our day to say, you know, everybody's really loved of God and really good at heart. I, I fear humanism has made its way a lot deeper into a lot of Christian circles than we want to think. The idea that inside is really this lovely little person that God sees. No, what God sees, nobody wants to see. That's why Christ had to die to put that away. Once and for all, it must be buried, dead in Christ. It's not fit to see, but Cain, all of a sudden... The, the transgressor claims to be a victim. I, I, this is the way of society in America. Everybody's a victim. You know, yes, I abused my wife, and yes, I abandoned my children, and yes, I've done horrible things to little children, but I've lost the rest of my life. I can't believe a justice system that would take my life away from me. What have you done? <laughs> I, it's true. Victims. I'm a victim. I'm a, and everybody, uh, not everybody, so many are angry at God. What kind of a God, what kind of a loving God would send people to hell? What kind of an unrighteous God would not? Amen? Cain, the way of Cain is to charge God with the transgression. That's the way of Cain. May I say this? When I find a religion that denies the doctrine of hell, you found you a religion that has got influence or is under the way of Cain. There are entire religions who, well, we don't believe in a literal hell. Well, why not? Jesus does. He preached it, taught it, still preaches it, and still teaches it today. A denial of a literal hell is to say any God that would send people to a literal hell is not a good God. That's the way of Cain. My punishment is greater than I can bear. You killed your brother. If you got what you deserved, you'd be dead, not talking to God. It's amazing to me. This is where I step and say, why didn't God kill him? God dealt with him where it hurt. You know what Cain loved? He loved this earth. 
He loved the here and now. He had no concern about eternity whatsoever. And God said, all right. Then all your life on earth, you're going to be miserable. And we all know what happened once he left this earth. Hmm? I want to tell you something. You can adapt false religion. You know all it does? Makes you a vagabond and a fugitive on planet earth and a vagabond and a fugitive for all eternity. That's what the lake of fire is. A vagabond. It's not, there's no company in hell. It's a lonely, dark place for eternity. And so my point here tonight, God's point, Cain's curse, we see. God makes him a fugitive and a vagabond on earth. Cain understood that very quickly. His complaint, I'm the victim, concerned only with the immediate earthly outcome. No, no thought of what's going to happen when I, leave, when I die. Then what's God going to do with me? Never does he mention eternity. Never does he say, all he mentions is you've driven me out from the earth and from you. Who's Cain focused on? What's he concerned about? Just him. It is self-promotion, self-preservation, self-pleasing. That's the way of Cain. It's only about me and any God that would make me this unhappy is not a God that I'm real concerned about. No thought of repentance, no thought of God forgive me for destroying my brother. And then, of course, we see his condemnation. The Lord said unto him, verse 15, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Again, I don't fully understand that. God said, I won't let anybody kill you. I'll protect you. You know, it almost seems to me God is teaching Cain. I, I, I will not let others do to you what you've done. I'm not going to take part in your wickedness. I don't understand all of that, but God, God put us a mark on him lest any destroying him would have vengeance taken on them. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And here's the saddest phrase. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. I read this week in my Bible reading the opposite with Moses. God says to Moses, this text has stood out to me so much as a reproof and instruction and a challenge. God says, Moses, I'll send my angel before you, and he will lead you and the people of Israel into the promised land but I will not go. And Moses said, if thy presence go not with us, send us not hence. God, if I can have the riches and blessings of life, but I have to have it without you, I'd rather not. I would rather have your presence than milk and honey and victory. I'd rather, you get a hold of it. You know how miserable many of the people of Israel made Moses' life in that wilderness? But Moses said, I'd rather have that and be in your presence. Cain said just the opposite. If if I can't have the things of this earth, then I don't want a God who took it from me. And so he got his way. And today, Cain is out of the presence of the Lord, never to return except for at the judgment. And the way of Cain ends in damnation, condemnation. And apostates have already decided, we don't believe what God says. And we're not going to have God telling us what to do and how to approach him. And if anybody else makes us look bad, we'll destroy them. Is that not why Jesus was crucified? Why did the religious elite of his day hate Jesus so much? Because he was a light shined on them. And they said, if he keeps existing, every man will slay us. (laughs) So he has to die. And they killed the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the deceit, it is rooted in deceit and carried out in deceit, lying to God, uh, frustrated with God, But it's futile. You cannot cover your sin with a false religion. 
And that results, of course, in condemnation. Verses 11 through 16 is damnation. So it's, dis- it's a way of disbelief, a way of defiance, a way of destruction of others, a way of deceit and darkness, and a way of damnation. That's the way of Cain. May I say this? Not, again, not every unbeliever is an apostate. Every apostate is an unbeliever. But how many people are under the influence of such religious systems who, if they cling to it, will go the way of Cain? Amen? I believe, again, by the time we get to the end of Jude, we'll be dealing with some of that, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And so tonight, may we be wary. When you, you find religion that is operating this way, it doesn't matter what moniker it's under, what banner it's under, this is the way of Cain. Disbelief, defiance, destruction, deceit, and ultimately damnation. Uh, then we know that we have, we, have, we have identified the way of apostasy. It follows the way of Cain. And what does Jude say? Woe unto them. A woe is pronounced against those that go this way. Mm-hmm.